0: Hello, Lot here. Just wanting you all to know that this episode
1: has been previously recorded and posted. So I hope you enjoy it or re enjoy it. Welcome to Close the Door and Come Here, a Game of Thrones and a Song of Ice and Fire podcast with heavy leanings towards our two favorite characters, Jamie and Brienne. Hi, I'm Clotho. Clotho Spindle on Tumblr. Joined with Chicky. Hey, I am Chicky Chikrin on Tumblr. Eon. Hey, this is Eon. I'm Eon Blue Negative on Tumblr. And returning guests, Heidi.
0: Hi, this is Heidi. You can find me on Tumblr at Heidi
1: Mo seventy eight. And Tina. Hi, I'm Tina, and I'm Cutie Pillar on Tumblr. Cool. Uh, we're going over Catlin's fourth POV chapter in *A Clash of Kings* in this episode. Uh, Spoiler warnings as usual for A Song of Ice and Fire and the show Game of Thrones. Catelyn is escorted to a sept in a nearby abandoned village so that she can pray before the coming battle. She kneels before the mother and asks her to spare the men in the battle as well as the lives of her own sons far away. The torchlight dances across the old cracked walls covered in simple charcoal drawings of the seven. Cat thinks the drawings so crude that you could imagine them to be anyone. By turns, she sees Renly, Stannis, Rob, Robert... Jamie, Jon Snow, and even Arya for a moment in the warrior's face. In the face of the mother she sees her own mother, Lady Manissa, her sister Lysa, and then the cold eyes of Cersei. Her head swims and she realizes she hasn't eaten all day. She is startled as the torchlight spits and wonders if Cersei prays to the mother. She ponders Stannis' claim that Cersei's children were born of incest, and how it must... Be the reason Cersei had John Aaron and Ned killed, and the brand must also have seen something that day at Winterfell. She wearily finishes her prayers and Sir Robar reminds her that they must leave to get back to camp by dawn. Huh.
2: I, I kinda love how everybody has these like moments where they finally figure out who fi- who pushed Brand. I mean like how many <laughs> characters get this? So many. Yes. <laughs>
0: All the threads, you know, not quite intertwining, you know, not quite meeting, <laughs> never getting to each other the messages, but right, their aha moments at different places. And I,
1: you know, and I was thinking about it, like I wonder why she didn't blurt that. Out. I mean, I guess there was too much going on, and maybe she could. Why she didn't blurt this out while she had the, you know, chance where they were all standing on the hey.
2: <laughs> well, I think she's trying to tell Renly later, but yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It's, it's so funny. I mean, this is a really beautiful scene. I kind of like that, you know, George set this in a sept and everything. and
1: Oh, yeah, it was really trippy. That whole, uh, you know, and I, I kind of, you know, I kind of summarized it very quickly, but it was, had this dreamy and effect to it. Yeah, well, it
2: was so funny how, you know, like she's looking at the warrior. And it's funny how, first of all, she includes Rob. But I think Rob's really the only one who subscribes to the old gods that she kind of includes in this scene. Like she doesn't think about where Ned would fit in among the gods, but she thinks about like John and Jamie and how they're like the warrior too. You know, like mm-hmm. it's not just you
1: know Rob and Robert and stuff. I mean, it's really I was I thought it was interesting, really that, interesting that Jamie came to her mind. That was really I don't know if it's the connection with Cersei there and yeah, mm-hmm.
0: well, and Cersei and not necessarily the stranger, which is what I might attribute it yeah. to. Yeah. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> yeah, this was it's just. just a, a, oh, go on, Ian. Oh, just the the part of I mean, her praying
3: to the seven faces of you know the seven. It just reminded me of Catholicism for me, like yes. um the Stations of the Cross and also the saints. Oh, yeah, that is a good. Yes. Idea. It just and reminded me of that. Just growing up, being a
1: Catholic, whenever I was younger. Yeah, and and every church sort of has their different, you you know, she was explaining how they had what carvings, mass carvings Mm -hmm. um, in her sept. So that is interesting, because it's the same thing, you know, every church has their different, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, sculptures or friezes on the wall. Right. Well, and I
2: mean, George was raised Catholic, so he said hmm. that that's what he based a lot okay. of the seven on. Like it well, makes the, a lot of sense, yeah. then. The different aspects of God, I mean, I don't know, I'm, I wasn't raised Catholic, but I was raised evangelical, and, like, I think of, like, you know, the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost mm-hmm. concept, and I think that's along the lines of what George was trying to channel with the seven faces of God. All right. This is- well,
0: and. Oh, I, sorry. I was just looking at um, you know, when the mother like there's a crack and it says the there's a crack that runs down the mother's left eye and it looked like she was crying. It made me think of the crying Madonnas or the. Mm. Or I, I'm not Catholic per se, but I know aren't aren't there sometimes those um, visions? I'm not sure. I'm not explaining it very well, but it made me think of that with Catholic. Oh yeah, no, no, there like are couch, weeping.
2: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, it's a, the weeping Madonna is a yeah. thing. Aren't there a couple of those in the world? Oh yeah.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, probably quite a few. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sorry, brain fart.
2: <laughs> no, no, yeah, no, yeah, no nice. It's good.
1: No, that's anyway. that's a good. Yeah, no, that was it. That's. I'm a good still
2: kind of pissed, guys, that there was not a better like section on the religions in that stupid World of Ice and Fire book.
1: There should have been. Because it's such really a prominent part.
2: <laughs> because like, if anything's codified, it's generally religions, especially when you talk about like you know the faith of the seven that has so many rules and everything. Like you know they've got religious texts and things like that. So I've never understood why they didn't like include that in a world book.
0: See, I never read it, so I don't know now I know that's not included, but that I don't know. I it skimmed it.
1: So 90% Targaryens, so
0: <laughs> Oh, there we go then?
1: I'm like halfway through. Oh, good for you. Yeah, I skimmed.
3: <laughs> My cats like to sit on it.
4: It is is squishy. It's awesome.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It's good for something. (laughs) And uh, oh, it's also strange to me that I mean, Robars apparently gonna fight the next the people are just hanging out in the middle of the night while she like it's wild to me that they're using time where they could be resting to exhaust themselves. You know, maybe they're napping outside, I don't know. Because it seems to give the impression that she's there for... They took a long time to travel there, and she's there for quite a long time.
2: Right. Yeah. It's weird. Maybe it's hard to settle down and sleep the night before a battle. I'm psyched up. <laughs> well, especially these guys, where the, for most of them, I'm sure this is the first action they would ever see. Yeah,
1: well, definitely. Yeah. Well, if we, I don't know if there's anything else to go over in that. That was kind of a quick little... Um, Upon returning, Catelyn enters Renly's pavilion to find Brienne armoring him for battle, while Lords Tarly and Rowan discuss tactics. She asks Renly to speak with her, but he tells her to wait a moment. Lord Rowan suggests they advance before daybreak and take Stannis by surprise. Renly replies that he will not be accused of winning by treachery. Dawn was the chosen hour, and that is when they will fight. Renly tells them that he does not want any insult done to his brother's corpse when he falls. Lord Tarley asks what to do if Stannis yields, and Lord Rowan laughs and replies that when Lord Tyrell <laughs> <laughs> laid siege to Storm's End, Stannis ate rats rather than surrender. Renly makes a final request before the men depart the pavilion. He asks that Sir Barristan be spared if they capture him fighting for stannis yeah that was a little that exchange was amusing <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there's so much that's going on here but
2: i just have to take a minute and say every time i see brienne in a scene with randall tarley i just think how awful this must be for her yeah oh, but definitely.
3: she's totally focused on touching renly right
2: now true i mean she's true. probably not even
4: paying attention to tarley right I, now I, I
2: hope i hope she is distracted and not paying attention to that asshole. <laughs> I
4: never even thought of that.
0: <laughs>
4: but
2: I love this because you kind of get a glimpse of of how Renly views Stannis because of what happened at the siege. Um, you know, we hear about the, the terrible things that Stannis had to do to survive. And you kind of forget that, you know, child Renly was there for all of this and saw Stannis and how much that must have colored how he views him. I mean, he knows how hard he, he is. Oh, it's hard. Nice. Nice. But, <laughs> That's what she said. <laughs> he, he knows how tough Stannis is and he knows that he'll never break. But I think, you know, the thing that you might lose in this is how much it must have affected his view of Stannis's humanity to see how like hard line Stannis was able to draw during the siege. Like, I wonder if he just never looked at him the same way. I, I mean, in a bad way again
1: no. i mean when they talk about the the they were going to throw the two men that were trying to escape uh yeah. they caught them they were going to you know throw them by catapult over the walls but uh was it uh meister Cresson had suggested yeah. that they keep the bodies in case they needed to eat them uh yeah pretty yeah, hardcore they never he says they never did but it got you know close
2: <laughs> yeah
0: that was yeah, rats and men non
2: catapulting. That was enough for me. <laughs> yeah, but but with Renly talking about you know staring at the face of this guy that Stannis has sentenced to be you know put in a catapult and thrown over the walls. I mean, there's there's clearly something there that's clearly signifying that this was a very significant moment for for Renly, and I think colored his view of Stannis and
1: it also got me maybe wa- helped lead us to this moment i don't know well then you know this it, this got me wondering: What if he had attacked early? Would the Coochie Monster have been able to catch up with him in battle? <laughs> Kill him or or would, they have, would they have won? You know, I don't know.
2: <laughs> that's a good question. I don't know how. I don't know how the Coochie Magic works, so <laughs> no. I'm not really sure if it would have or not. Probably would have caught him regardless. Yeah. I, I keep it just
1: would have been, been more be. witnesses. Oh uh, yeah, <laughs> and Brienne wouldn't have been blamed. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Oh, okay, now we've got the next. Uh, we get to the climax here. Uh, Renly tells Lady Stark to have her say as Brienne is fastening his cloak. Catelyn explains that the Lannisters tried to kill Bran, and Stannis has given her the answer. Catelyn pleads with him to allow her to tell Stannis. If he and Stannis set aside their crown, she can convince Rob to as well, and the three can call for a great council to choose who will rule the Seven Kingdoms. Renly exclaims that the time for talk is done. As Brienne. Bends to, to his sword belt to buckle his sword belt. A gust of wind opens the tent flap. A shadow with a sword moves across the walls, and suddenly a blade pierces Renly's steel gorget. He says the word cold, and blood flows from his throat. Brienne screams, uh. Robo, ro, Roboy Royce. I, I'm pronouncing it right. Emin, Emin, Kai. Emin, I think. Emin. I don't know. Sorry. <laughs> I, everyone listening, you could correct me. <laughs> <laughs> And two men at arms with torches come bursting in. They see a bloodied Renly in Brienne's arms and assume that she's murdered him. Sir Emmon snatches up a battle axe, attacks Brienne. Catelyn screams no. Brienne grabs Renly's sword and stops his blows. She turns and cuts off the hand of a man at arms trying to burn her. Catelyn pleads with Robar, insisting it was Stennis and not Brienne that killed Renly. Catelyn tells him it was sorcery, dark magic, a shadow with a sword. Are you blind? The girl loved him. Help her. She is innocent, Robar. You have my word on my husband's grave and my honor as a Stark." He relents at this and tells her to get a- Brienne away. As the fire from the fallen torch spreads, Catelyn strikes Sir Emmon on the head with an iron brezer, and escapes with Brienne through the side of the tent. Um, and I have a quick, like the last part of this I have um, when Brienne is outside. I never held him, but as he died, Brienne said quietly as they walked through the spreading chaos. Her voice sounded as if she might break at any instant. He was laughing one moment, and suddenly the blood was everywhere. My lady, I do not understand. Did you see? Did you— I saw a shadow. I thought it was Renly's shadow at first, but it was his brother's. Lord Stannis— I felt him. It makes no sense, I know. It made sense enough for Brienne. I will kill him, the tall, homely girl declared with my lord's own sword i will kill him i swear it i swear it i swear it
2: Aww. Aww. wow there's so much that's in awe about this i mean beyond just Renly dying i mean like i kind of hate that george sets catlin up like she's she's there she's thinking maybe she can find a diplomatic solution she's like rushing in at the last minute to try to stop this battle and she's like you know, I'll convince Rob somehow and everything. And then it just, you know, all goes to just total shit.
1: Like there was never any hope oh, for her to stop it. The way he wrote that too. And it's, you know, it, it was so wild because even rereading it, I sort of thought it was a longer scene. It all happens like bam, 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 bam. There's no, yeah, can't breathe. Uh-huh. <laughs> I
0: was thinking the same thing. I mean, there's so much imagery in the chapters, you know, and, of course, being a show watcher first, sorry, but I always compare that in my head, and it happens so fast, but I love all this. Well, I mean, it's death, sorry, but yeah. it's great description, you know, and just Aww. so much detail and, like, Brian putting the, you know, the armor on and the the padding, and I just, I love all those details, you know, I just. It's gorgeous.
1: It, oh, it's gorgeous. With the green, they talk about, you know, the green enamel, and then, oh, the the walls of the, you know, the tent, the, sort of, you can see this feel, this flow, and it, it's so, it's yes.
4: so, very, oh, yeah. very cool. Stuff. I, oh, sorry, so something oh, ahead, I really no. enjoy um, about the books more than the show, in the show, he just gets, like, stabbed, but in the book, it, they, like, the shadow thing actually, like, cuts through his, his metal, like, like that's throat wild. plate with the, the gorget? Yeah, he cuts through right. that and it's like no one really notices that that is like focusing on the fact that he died but it's like what the hell could come through and like cut through metal
2: oh, you know yeah <laughs> well that's like, actually yeah. that's actually something that comes up later in Storm when Jamie's talking to um Loris. Loris tries to recreate this, tries to cut through steel to recreate the blow and can't do it. Oh, and Jamie's like, oh, But yeah, you think yeah. Brienne could have done it? <laughs> like Oh, that's
4: good. Yeah. Okay. But no one notices it at the beginning. It's only no, like later definitely on. Definitely
2: not at this point, oh, no. Yeah. And Yeah, it's so funny that they just immediately come in and just accuse Brienne. I mean, it's it's like it's like Catelyn's saying she's like trying to convince wow. him and she's like this idiot's in love with him. She would never do this to him. Like, why would you for a minute think that she would kill him? It's just such a oh. weird thing. That and, they they say, and they say, and they say, wicked,
1: wicked woman. wicked woman. Yeah, oh, it's so misogynistic. Of course, she's
4: a woman wearing a suit. She's mm-hmm. gonna do something bad.
2: Yeah, of course she went <laughs> bananas <laughs> over love, you know, which just plays into every misogynist stereotype of women. <laughs> and, and but um, another thing I love is you know because because Catlin comes into this scene, you know. Like it, you have this feeling that what this scene is is her somehow saving the day at the last minute. You think that's what it's going to be. She's been praying, you know. She's come up with this idea. She walks in, and it's like, like you were talking about, Clotha you know, where George like weaves in like a, some really kind of tactile details and, and some rich color detail, and and you know, there's kind of this 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 thing of Brienne dressing Renly that kind of lulls you into you know kind of a stupor listening to Cat's thoughts, you know. And you don't really <laughs> know what's going to happen until it happens. At least that's what I recall the first time that I experienced it. I mean, this just hit me completely out of the blue. I mean, I've said it many times. I had no idea Renly was going to die, and it just shocked me. And you br- like, it really came out of left field to me. And when you bring up
1: the dressing, and I don't know, I might be reaching here, but when she put the uh, – what was it? The, the- – Pulled his cape over his shoulders to me. That sort of reminded me of the whole what is the marriage when they get married that they oh, oh yeah. this oh, the oh. symbolism there. I just felt so bad for her. And then when she said, you know, she hadn't oh, touched him, oh, and, and you know,
0: sorry, I just feel you know, like this is the only time I'll touch him, or this, like you were saying, with a close ceremony, like mm-hmm. this is the closest I'll get to ever maybe marrying someone or, or you know what i mean there's someone of my dreams that i
1: yeah i could I, see that in her head yeah i could see her thinking you know that occurring to her kind of you know daydreaming or whatever oh, Man, because i mean well, it's like her, what
2: cat said in the last chapter where brienne is is offering to dress him for this and and catlin's thinking she'll humiliate herself just yeah, for the
1: chance to touch him
2: yeah it's just knowing cool. that she
1: could die the next day too you know so it maybe had even more significance you know oh yeah she's in the vanguard she <sighs> probably would have died it's wild, and and it's also wild that, you know, I was kind of impressed, you know, I've f- I, another thing I forgot, I forgot that Robar, and I don't know if this happened in the show, I forgot that Robar let her, essentially let them go, and he died for it. You know, Loras comes in yeah, afterwards yep. and kills him. Um, yeah. that's, I was pretty impressed with him doing that, because, I mean...
2: Well, I, this is what I keep going at, and Robert Royce is one of one of Renly's seven, so, I mean, presumably he spent a little bit of time around yeah. Brienne and has some concept of what she's like, and I'm like... How can you know anything about Brienne and think that she's in there killing Renly? Like it's just crazy. Like why would you think that? And and Robert's the only one who like listens to reason when Kat says it. And it, you know, it, I think it says that he hesitates even before Kat says anything. But yeah, yeah I don't know. Well, this is a random observation because I'm all
0: about random. But I keep <laughs> I keep going back to these details, like when they're screaming "Wicked Woman" when they're finding Renly in you know Brienne's arms, and it's talking about the sunflowered steel. Oh. And um, I, I just like all those details. And there the page before, I think it was the armor and just the, the sunflowers on it. And I'm thinking, oh, I didn't get that visual before. And just all these great details that, you know, once again, it's death, but I'm enjoying a little bit of it. <laughs> Yeah,
1: you know? it, it really, it really but, is a great scene.
2: Oh, it really is. And, and like I said, you know, like this is one of those times, I mean, I know that people talk about the Red Wedding and times that they're surprised, but... Somehow this gets lost as one of the times that, at least for me, when reading it, it it was a surprise. This was not what I thought was going to happen in this scene. I'll tell you that. Um, and it and it it's a really good, really good George like moment um, as 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 he loves to do. And I mean, you and you get favorite.
1: to like you know of people who I like Renly, and I got you get to like him more. And it reminds me. And then it is it's so horribly it did that feeling of utter shock because you get no goodbye. It's just like bam, one word and
2: yeah <sighs> oh and god speaking of no goodbye like the way that she describes Brienne, like what is it she said that that she like you know she screamed like a child or like oh, a, a girlish yes. Or oh yes oh yeah oh oh so heartbreaking like a wordless scream is that what it was yeah. like oh god just yeah. heartbreak i mean Brienne's heartbreak and then i'm like sitting there thinking is she gonna be there when jamie dies and is this oh, gonna all happen oh, all? that yeah. brought
1: it up for me you oh. know i was getting really depressed at that part because i it occurred to me that this is exactly what I'm like there. He's going to do it again. Like, and I, I, sometimes I don't do that, but it, when I was reading it, I immediately went to, this is setting up for James. Oh, cool.
2: oh. oh <sighs> kill
1: me. I hate when I get like defeatist about that, but.
2: <laughs> <laughs> but oh.
0: Oh. Well, I highlighted the same thing that you mentioned. Um, she sounded scared as any little girl. And I also um, mentioned that Catelyn refers to her as Bri in the blue again, kind of like the other chapters last time I was on the podcast she didn't refer to her as Brienne the Beauty but she calls her Brienne the Blue. I don't know why that just sticks with oh, me. Yeah. Like people refer to each other oh. as opposed to, you know, the other, you know, kind of mocking
1: tone they gave her but anyway, that is that true. just another Yeah, op- that that's that's a good point because she's yeah. in and her then- mind giving her respect. Well, yeah. let's talk about
2: what a fucking goddamn badass Brienne is in this scene. Like, oh, every time yeah. some asshole wants to yammer on about how she's not really a good fighter or some <laughs> stupid shit. Like, think about this. Like, here she is. She's, like, literally, like, having the worst pain of her life as she's watching, you know, Renly die. And yet, as they come at her to attack her, like, seemingly without even giving it any conscious thought, suddenly she's fighting back, like, a fucking beast
1: oh yeah I catlin mean, like, notices she's like whoa <laughs> <laughs> that the speed shocking. like amazing what speed she thing? sort of describes it being shocked at how quick she reacts being in that you know that heartbroken trauma yeah oh. she's a badass and like, catlin picked <laughs> up the what they call it, the brass. i in my head when i first time when i was reading that i was like b- briefly thought Brazier, and i was like imagining a big metal <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, she hits him with that huge—you know—I'm imagining this hefty thing. That's pretty cool that Catelyn got in the mix too. Yeah, well, Cat Hill, you know, I mean, wasn't Cat thinking
2: that when she was in the sect? She's like, but no one's as fierce as the, the yeah. mother when her children are threatened or whatever. I mean, Cat can be—Cat can be quite the animal, considering that she was not trained to be.
0: Oh yeah, look at those scars on her hands when she grabbed yeah. the knife. Oh,
2: and Bran was attacked. So. But I, lo- exactly. I love her concern. Well, and the Red Wedding. I mean, yeah. you know, she gets downright vicious at the Red Wedding, you know, because <laughs> she
1: needs to be. It's interesting that she protects, in a way, Brienne here by talking to Robar, and, you know, she didn't have to. She could have just took off on her own. You know, she didn't have to make an effort to save her.
2: Yeah, I can't remember if it's this chapter or the next chapter, but at one point she kind of wonders why she worked so hard to save Brienne and... She's like, maybe I just wanted someone else who had been a witness to what I'd seen. But, yeah, I think there's clearly more to it than that. I mean, clearly she's intrigued by Brienne at the very least. Yeah, yeah,
0: I think that she really does see her as maybe not one of her daughters, but of course, you know, Mm -hmm. having qualities maybe of Arya or something like that, reminding her. But something obviously catches her eye, and that's why she does what she does for Brienne.
2: Something touches her, yeah. Well, that's my thing. It's like, I, I like everything that you see about Brienne, granted, you know, like, from the outside, we really only ever see her from either Catelyn's perspective or Jamie's perspective. But, I mean, like, from what we see, I mean, like, how can people not just automatically want to be on Brienne's side? That's the thing, I guess, I don't understand. I mean, like, wouldn't you see this, like, incredible woman defying the odds? And, like, even if you did have strict ideas about, about social structure as Cat does, wouldn't you still admire that as Cat does? I mean... That's, that's what I don't understand about why people react So poorly to her I'm like How
3: does that uh, he love her was it, Wasn't it the master of arms that storms in That defended Brienne Like yes. I, I can't remember his name But he seemed to really like her too
2: Oh god why is his name escaping oh, me he's about I know, to die. Me. I yeah. know. Oh, What is his name I totally know his I know. Name. Yeah. I do too and I just <laughs> can't think of it <laughs> now leave. They try to tell him that Brienne killed Renly And he's like No <laughs> Like no, won't
0: believe it. <laughs> um, Man, people who don't take her, you know, take her side and love her immediately. Well, if they don't listen to this podcast. It doesn't matter. But, you
1: know, <laughs> and it's wild for a society that, that that admires warriors and strength. You think at least that, if nothing else, convinced them. You think that would? <laughs> That's it. Like no know, respect. She,
2: she she's never hypocritical, Brienne. You know, I mean, like she believes in things and. She's so earnest. Like, I just can't imagine, like, dismissing her and hating her. It's just a
4: weird thing to <laughs> People do. People just want the, the easiest answer. Like, oh, she was there. Okay, done. Don't have to think about it.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It and, would, once they... and it would confirm for them what I'm sure that they think, which is that a woman shouldn't have been in that position of yes, power anyway. Yes. Oh,
1: yes. Right? They would have made a big deal out of her, you know, executing her and everything, I'm sure. They would have paraded her around and... I
3: mean, I'm sure tens- tensions were pretty high because wasn't that bet made before
2: the melee? Oh, yeah.
3: I- oh yeah. Oh, yeah.
2: So, I, I mean,
3: true. they were really looking. Oh,
2: yeah. You know, I'm sure they're looking for a reason to vilify her as opposed right. to being vilified themselves. Yeah.
0: But, you know, once again, Brienne's still around in the store. I mean, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Nakamura, she's still around, and there's a reason, obviously. She's, you yeah. know, she's stuck around, and he's, you know, she's one of his favorite characters. <laughs>
2: I mean, he has crafted her so carefully from the very moment she steps on the page. I mean, you can just, and it's just the fact that she like cuts off a dude's hand here. I'm like, he was probably even setting that
1: up at this point. Yeah, I thought about that too. As soon as, you know, cut hand, you think. (laughs) What else are you going to say? Yeah, you go right to Jamie. Exactly.
0: I'm looking up to see which hand it was right now to see if there's a connection. But yeah,
2: she cuts off what's his face's hand. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh god, I guess I can't remember any names tonight, but...
0: We know who you are. The guy with the face and the eyes.
2: It's you know who I mean.
1: The guy a <laughs> yeah. oh. Okay, so uh, Sir, Wen- Sir Wendell Manderly is in a lather to know why the camp is in chaos. He stops talking when he notices that Brienne is drenched in blood. Catelyn tells them that Renly is dead, but not at their hands, and that the- there will be no battle that day. She offers Brienne a horse, and tells them they must ride at once and cut down any man who tries to stop them. As dawn breaks, she knows that all the power of Storm Zen and Highgarden, the power that had been Renly's only an hour ago, now belonged to Stannis. With a single stroke of evil, he has won all. A chill runs through as she remembers his words. I am the rightful king, and your son no less a traitor than my brother here. His day will come as well. And that ends mm-hmm. that. <laughs> 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 <sighs> Oh she must be
4: so scared, thinking that, like, if he would send a shadow baby to kill oh, Renly, gosh. what is she going to do to her son?
1: Oh, my gosh. Oh, yeah. Yeah,
2: because and being distance was not matter. Do <laughs> yeah, can you imagine if you had witnessed this kind of powerful magic? How I mean, like, what would stop this? Nothing that Catelyn knows could stop that. Nope. No.
4: <laughs> I wonder if a shadow baby could kill, like, another. Another shadow baby? I don't
2: know.
1: did it cut out or no oh, okay i can cut that we were just out. all contemplating whether or
2: not whether or not a shadow baby could kill another like i really don't know Man. I've been man. thinking about it. Sorry, I'm, I'm pondering. It's
4: kind of, it sounds like it'd be really exhausting for Melisandre, yeah. though. You know, you just get a bunch, a bunch of red women, and just, like, the night before,
2: just get busy with all the soldiers. Oh, and my God! Really... <laughs> okay. just... It has to be king's blood. It's king's blood that makes this so romantic. Oh, man. Where are
3: they gonna get all this king's
1: blood? I don't know. They have to find a horny king. Like, a really horny king. <laughs> John. <laughs>
3: a lot of leeches, I guess.
4: Oh, God. <laughs> I mean, she did offer to sleep with Davos, and he doesn't have any
1: king's blood. Well, maybe. I wonder if she could make a small like, you know, it's like maybe it's just a littler one <laughs> like a tiny or a less effective one <laughs> from like a regular guy's junk, you know? I don't
2: know. Could she maybe maim him, not kill him, Shadow Baby? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I love it
0: contemplating this, you know?
1: like. know! I know! <laughs> Do we get the seed just... The show showed when she birthed it. Does the book or no? No. Yeah. Wait. Oh, it
2: no. Doesn't? What? You, well, yes and no. What you see in the book is um, Davos does take Melisandre, but it's when she kills whoever is the Master of Arms at Storm's End, who I can't remember. Oh,
1: so it's a different. <laughs> um, you see it, but just in a different. Okay.
2: Yes, okay. because Stannis is trying to get a hold of um, Edric Storm. Okay. And and so. Yes. But I mean we assume it's exactly the same thing Mm -hmm. that happens here because kind of what we what we what we hear Davos describing coming out of her sounds close-ish. To okay. Oh. So, yeah. <laughs> I mean, a shadow. A shadow, but I mean, you know. Okay. I don't mean, know. I mean, like, the thing of it is, it's kind of like the dragons. It's just, like, such a drastically huge and powerful weapon that it, I, it's it's hard for something like the shadow baby magic to sit well because it's just like, how does anybody combat this? There isn't a way to combat
0: it. Yeah, you can't just swat it away like fog, you know?
1: No. Mm. <laughs> it is just, it literally would, would be to, I assume, if you kill well that's i didn't even think of, like if you kill mel does it still have its own existence or does it just disappear as soon as you kill mel i don't you know, I wonder know. If it has like a we don't yeah we thing. don't know anything we about it yeah
0: <laughs> let's find out let's kill mel and see what happens <laughs>
1: <laughs> isn't this all tied into there's a place where they go to where is that at where they learn creepy things it's a really creepy town remember this one shy? Shy. yes that's the place yeah yeah yeah
2: <laughs> Yeah, well that's where she learned it. <laughs> yeah
1: we—that's what we need—a chapter on. We need like a, a chapter on what goes down in a shy.
0: Right. That should be in that big old book that's you know looking for the cat. There
4: you go. That's why there's no children in a shy because they only have shadow babies. Yeah, we do. We, we need the recipe
1: for the Gucci monster.
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay, so we have some mail. Eon.
3: We do. We have we have a lot of mail tonight. <laughs> <laughs> I I'm, I'm gonna read um we got an email from Lot. I'm sure everyone wants to hear how Lot's doing. Yeah. yeah. It says Dear close the door peeps. I've done my best to listen to each of the recent episodes. However, I usually plug in the earbuds as I'm laying down to rest after spending a long day of struggling. To please my new lord. He is is a terrifying 11 pounds of stern and irritable dictator. (laughs) Needless to say, I've had some weird dreams. memorable, Memorable ones... Is guyle and I walking some shady streets and then her leaving me in a bad part of town with a see you later not cool guy hey lot i can I can attest that Ga would never do this she's she's good people, so don't worry she's not gonna do that <laughs> um, another dream I had we all ran a podcast camp of sorts. We were like counselors I <laughs> I hosted one session with a group of listeners with the opening line of, Hello, my name is, insert real name here, you may also know me as Lot. And <laughs> I'm cringing so hard in my sleep. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Those are Other some than, weird dreams, dude.
3: Other than that, I wanted to say I miss podcast Aww. and you all so very much. Aww. I love the episode where Clotho gave the memorable quote, They live to die another day. Classic. (laughs) also love the discussion about Brianne's entry in her fight in the melee. The gushing over a young, ugly, and idealistic Brienne was wonderful and a bit heartbreaking, as it should be. The most recent Little Mermaid fairy tale Cinderella squirrel-wearing discussion was fantastic. (laughs) Did you know the European royalty hunted the ermine to extinction in the New World? I'm really not surprised. They love that black polka dot Cruella Deville look. (laughs) I have little time now. I hear the little overlord stirring. You have no idea how much stress chocolate I've consumed in the past eight weeks.
1: Hugs and kisses, Lotto. Oh, we miss you too, Lotto. Oh, Oh, baby, come back. (laughs) Yeah. I, I love the squirrel thing, too. I wasn't on last week, so I was listening to it. That was an awesome segment. I learned a lot. <laughs> I
2: know. I didn't squirrel know. belly fur. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> that was the best. And I didn't yeah. know about the ermines either, so that's, that's very informative sure. as well.
3: All right. Moving on to underwater woods. I love how going through the Catlin chapters is letting you guys discuss other characters in general, like Stannis in the most recent ep but also speculate on all those alternate versions of events it's fascinating and also strangely comforting like fix it fic or something (laughs) anyways thanks for all of your hard work as always P.S. I'm also a year of the rooster baby and I say fiddle (laughs) sticks to that curse (laughs) well thank you I hope that it's it's just you know I'm not really thrilled about the year of the rooster because I am a rooster so
0: let's just say fiddlesticks. <laughs> is there? I, I I must have missed that unknown curse. I'll have to look that up. Or... If you're
3: born in the year of the rooster, and it's a rooster year, you're supposed to have bad luck.
1: Oh wow! That's oh, like, to, like all the other signs don't have that either. That's kind of mean. It's just the rooster. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I mean. Like, that's what so far. That's this what
3: I've
2: heard.
1: This so, is Yon's bad luck here
3: Yeah, so far, yeah. This is my bad luck year. Oh,
2: man.
3: All right. So Fatima says, "Awesome podcast." I just wanted to say you guys are incredible. I just started listening to your podcast four days ago, and I finished all the episodes today.
0: That's amazing. <laughs> I can't believe it's yeah, no, amazing. Wow, right? that's, that's awesome.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe I didn't find it earlier. Anyways. My question is, if anyone read the fan fiction The North Remembers, and if so, does it satisfy anyone's ending to A Song of Mm -hmm. Ice and Fire, seeing as Mm -hmm. Martin is never going to finish the series? I actually (laughs) want someone to make a fanfic of the ending of A Song of Ice and Fire, the realistic version of it. Thank you guys for all your hard work towards the podcast. It's amazing
2: oh yeah i did i don't think i finished it you know i think i got to the point where she killed jamie and i quit oh, reading dear. the north remembers did you guys did any of you read it uh, did, oh. you know did, i think i read the, like the
3: one chapter where jamie and brienne bang in it and that was about it oh, yeah i might have read oh. that
1: far but did did she yeah. tell brienne <laughs> what i'm sorry heidi
0: oh not me uh, was not it me. Who, was it
1: tina did somebody else or was it yeah Nope.
0: <laughs> sorry <laughs>
3: I've just read one chapter <laughs> from it where they bang and that was it. <laughs>
4: it's a standalone. They, they, they,
3: they were on a beach I think and
2: and then they parted ways and yeah is that what it was it was something uh,
1: weird so wait did Jamie did, did, did Brienne kill Jamie no, no. Oh.
2: she she like finds him right as he's dying oh oh in King
1: oh, landing. oh
2: it's terrible it's just really terrible it was just I mean like not terrible I mean like it's a it's 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 written. When I say written, I mean the actual prose is is kind of George channelly. It's a it's a very um very canon um compliant fic. Um but it is an overall complete ending for the entire series. It's not a Jamie and Brienne fic. It's a hmm. it is it is a it is a total series fic. So it's it all characters and she actually writes each chapter from
1: the perspective of you Absolutely. know characters exactly like george well, does so. i kind of glanced over it and i read the first oh, who was it it was was it must have been jamie then it might have been jamie's the first chapter because i was trying to like try to catch up like oh but it kind of threw me mm-hmm. off because at one point he talks about somebody not being able to take care of a house plant so house plant <laughs> d- <laughs>
2: That, oh, I that
1: that was what he was in. I think when he was in the cave, and I was like, that really threw me out of the time, you know, the the supposed time period. But other than oh. that, you know, I'm assuming if it's a 100 and some chapters, it's got a lot of feedback. It's not a bad fic. But yeah, I don't think I'd do oh, yeah, well with it's... Jamie dying, and
2: it's in frigid. that way. It's <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't know. I don't know what I thought about her take on
1: a lot of things. Um... <laughs>
2: But it was interesting. I mean, somebody tried, which is more than George is doing. So, I mean, kudos there.
1: Yeah. I mean, to write that much, that's a pretty big undertaking. God,
2: yeah. Wow. Yeah. 100 chapters yeah. And then
1: from all those.
0: I mean, dang.
1: And to finish it. So, that's always, <laughs> always appreciated in mm-hmm. fanfic.
3: Mm-hmm. <laughs> all right. We got a really long one from Math Camel. It says, Hi, all. Math Camel here. And as always, I love your show. You're so charming and delightful and always bring a little extra joy to. Com- Commutes, chore time, and crafting time. <laughs> With all that in mind, please don't take this in the pejorative sense, but it boggles my mind that people think Renly could have been a good king. He might be handsome, likable, generous, and in possession of a good eye for allies, but if he takes the throne, there will never be a peaceful transfer of power in Westeros again. Company col- culture starts at the top, and with Rinley's example, younger brothers will be rallying up armies all over the continent, and <laughs> Rinley would have a devil of a time stopping them without invalidating his own rise to power. It'd be worse than a dozen Blackfyre rebellions because there'd be no Melis Mel the Monstrous to kill and in the, the threat. I know that Stannis harping on his rights is often mocked, but these rights of inheritance help keep the peace. The fact that Renly either can't see this serious issue or doesn't care about the future outside of his immense gratification doesn't bode well for him as king. Especially when Stannis gives him everything he can, status as heir and tons of power in his administration, and I don't blame Stannis for skipping over Shireen. There was a great council in the Dance of the Dragons to show Westeros isn't willing to follow a queen if there's any other option. If Renly had the sense God gave a goose, (laughs) he'd see how good at his spot he'd have appealing to the young with his charm and the old with his faith in the seven. He could so easily position position himself to be king after Stannis' death either by poison, war, or the massive heart attack Stannis has coming, <laughs> without destroying the peace in his nation for a century. And yes, none of this would ultimately matter because of the White Walkers, but they don't know that. Now, with regard to Catelyn three, her time in the set feels supernatural to me. I'm not saying it's a divine miracle that Cat puts all the threads together and figures out the plot. But I do think it's notable that she's exhausted, starved, a little delirious, and then she figures out like four major mysteries after praying last to the crone for wisdom. Mm. What do you think? I feel like this is this bit gets overshadowed by the shadow, mm. but it's still super interesting. Mm. Yours faithfully in listening. listening, mm. Math camel. wow
4: yeah Yeah. that's a really good point yeah Yeah. really that was a good one yeah i
2: don't know if i don't know if it is a supernatural thing i don't know i feel like george doesn't believe that there's any power behind the seven so i would have a hard time believing that but i get what she means but about renly no i completely disagree i mean you're talking about the the fucking baratheon um dynasty here i mean the whole thing is founded on usurpation that's literally what it is. Robert literally usurps all the Targaryens who are ahead of him in line for the throne and takes it. So it's exactly the same thing that Renly's doing. So, I mean, that's that's the thing their whole line is is based on. And number two, Stannis is also usurping the throne from Joffrey and Tommen and Marcella, If you want to pretend that she could have held it, I mean, like it, it, it it's exactly what's happening. Just because the reader knows that, you know, uh- those kids are Jaime's. No one else can prove it in world. It can't be proven. So, and even if they did manage to get it, like, it's the type of thing that in history would, like, come back to haunt the whole Baratheon line. They'd be like, oh, yeah, they pretended that their brother's kids were illegitimate so they could steal the throne. I mean, it's like the kind of stain you just never get away from. So as far as usurpation, I mean, it's, you're in a weak dynasty to even begin to talk about it, I think, personally, because they've all done it.
1: They were just so popular, too. I mean, if you think about Renly and Marjorie, both would have been extremely popular, just likable i mean compared to i get the impression that people aren't big fans of cersei so i'm sure the whole you know it'd be almost like a -a Camelot type you know for our own reference you know type type of well
2: it's what it's what jamie talks about when he tries to tell cersei look we can do whatever we want because we've got the power to hold it and this is something renly understands as well it's just like if you've got the right story and the power, then it really doesn't matter, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Like, people will go along with whatever. And, I mean, we see this in real-world history, too. I mean, look at English history. This happened a couple times in the English, with the English throne. You know, the, the people just decided they didn't want whoever the monarch was and found a reason to give it to somebody else. And, mm-hmm. you know, so I, I just feel like it's not... That's not a good argument for why Stan. I mean, the, don't get me wrong. I love Stannis. Like, nobody loves Stannis. Like, I love Stannis.
1: <laughs> I'm, def- I think Renly yeah, yeah, I'm definitely in the... Yeah, I'm in the... De- Renly would have made a good King Camp. one uh, more? Or? Well,
3: two more. Oh, okay. Okay. Virginia says, love the podcast and never miss a podcast. Just wanted to send kudos to Kama for knitting pink hats. <laughs> I'm doing the same here in Tennessee. <laughs> so am I. I am too.
1: Good for you're, you. You're, are you knitting cats? Yeah, too? I just learned how to knit a few months ago, and I've been I knit three so far. <laughs> awesome, awesome. <laughs> dude.
3: And we did get an an iTunes review, uh, five stars, titled "Best Book Club Ever" by <laughs> I hope I don't butcher this, Ephemerata. Ephemera. You guys are just so wonderful. I didn't realize how much I missed my old all girl book club until I found this podcast and y'all are scratching that itch. Love your analysis of show and text your preoccupation occupation with Brienne, And you may yet bring me around on Jamie what? and covering cat and Cersei's <laughs> point of view. So many world of ice and fire podcasts are either all guys or just have one woman. It is it is refreshing to get to listen to a group of women discuss my, at the moment, favorite fantasy universe. <laughs> you go, girls. Aw. Thank
2: you. Yeah. Thanks. Well, that's kind of why we started, because there was literally, like, I think, only one other all-women podcast in the whole fandom. And we oh, thought yeah. we could do better. But, <laughs> I remember dude, that. Dude, what the fuck? How could you stand to listen to us if you didn't like Jamie? I mean, I would think we would drive you absolutely bananas. <laughs>
1: So that's that's all of our comments. <laughs> we'll we'll have to work on the converting <laughs> to Jamie <laughs> Lover. <her. laughs> we'll get ya. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. Thanks everyone for writing in and for the great compliments. Yeah. It's, it's really cool to hear. <laughs> yeah. Okay, you can reach us at close the door and at gmail dot com. On Tumblr at Close the door, and come here at Tumblr dot com. Follow us on Twitter at door podcast. Please like, review, subscribe to us on iTunes, Podbean, YouTube, Google Music, wherever you listen. And please support us on Patreon at Close the Door to get episodes early. Uh, th- thanks, everyone, and, and Heidi and Tina for guesting with us again. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> it was fun. <laughs> it was a good discussion. Uh, goodbye, everyone. I'm closing the door. Get out.